Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Call Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Webb. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to thank the sponsor for the show. It is Blue Water Free Methodist Church, where I have the honor and pleasure of serving. We are an intentional community reflecting Jesus to our world. Today, I'm so excited uh, to have joining me on the podcast a, a friend of mine, actually from uh, Macomb Community College. He is currently the next-gen pastor at the Shores Church, located in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. I want to welcome Parker Seleski onto the show. Hey, hey, come on. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited for this. This is going to be good. This is going to be awesome. Well, let's. Uh, excited to have you here. Let's jump right into it as we always yes, do. Sure. I'd love for you just to tell me a little bit about your background and what you felt mm-hmm. your call into being a pastor was. Yeah. So um, I grew up obviously in Macomb County um, in, a, in a little town called New Baltimore, Michigan, and uh, went to Anchor Bay High School, graduated in 2013. And uh, growing up, we went to a lot of Lutheran churches, um, a lot of small churches. Um, and the last Lutheran church I was at when I was a kid uh, was called Christ the King Lutheran Church, right off a 23-mile road. It's right by the Hungry Howies, um, right before I-94. Um, but we had this guy named Reverend Heiler, who was our pastor. He was from the South. He had this deep voice. He was a big guy. Um, he was a big part of my life. He was a huge part of my life. Um, but it wasn't really... Um, church wasn't really an option for us. Like it was really like you get a whooping or you go to church. And sometimes we got both. Sometimes we got whooping <laughs> and the word, you know? Uh, so we went to this Lutheran church and, uh, you know, somewhere down the line in high school, we kind of drifted away from that. We stopped going It stopped being a priority. Um, and I kind of fell away from the Lord. Um, and then I got invited to a church that's literally in the same parking lot as Anchor Bay High School called Rock Church um, by a buddy of mine. And I got saved. I started serving there. And, um, you know, I got called into ministry there. I got called into being a pastor actually at one of the camps that we go to, a summer camp. And the guy who prayed over me for that calling is actually my lead pastor now many years later, which is so awesome, which is so cool to be able to experience that and see the full circle of God coming together and his plan coming together. Um, But I just want to say this about calling, because I think that there are some people who fall into this trap where everyone around them is getting called into ministry. Everybody's calling, getting called to be a pastor. And there's this hype around being a pastor. And let me just say this to the people who are called to be a next-gen pastor, a youth pastor, or a worship pastor. You're not really called to be a kid's pastor. You're called to be a pastor, right? So whether or not your title holds as a next-gen pastor or a worship pastor, if that platform is being taken away from you, can you still be a pastor and still serve the Lord? Mm. And that was something that in COVID, you know, COVID was a thing, but back in 2020 when you know the world was shutting down there was a fear in my heart where i was like okay if i lose this job what am i going to do if i leave the church what am i going to do what's going to happen to me and god was like hey are you going to still serve me if the shores church closes its doors and i was like okay i was like yeah i hear that i hear that and it was something that i had to i had to just give up and i've never felt full satisfaction in the lord when i said okay jesus have my platform have my position because I'm still going to serve you and follow you. And I've never felt so much more satisfaction after that. Um, But as far as calling, um, you know, I wanted to work at Disney. 
I don't know if you know this about me, but I wanted to work at Disney, like the animation company, not like Disney <laughs> World, like dress up as a character. Like I wanted to work at Disney Animation and make movies. And I wanted to draw for them and animate for them. Um, and here's the beautiful part about it. Like when God takes something that you want and gives you something that you need, right? You don't look back. And he has taken everything I wanted to do. And now this is the only life that I want to live. This is the only desire of my heart where I want to just do this in any capacity. doesn't matter. It's a big church, little church. Maybe I'm a missionary. Maybe I don't get paid at all. Like this is just the life that I want to live. And I haven't even looked back. I was like, there's not one part of me that misses my dreams, that misses the vision that I had for my life. I just want this. Mm. And I think that's huge when you are in a calling of the Lord, like he's going to help you get through that emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because mm. that's just who our God is, because he's a big God. So if you're feeling that call and it is a little scary and you're making a lot of money and you're like, maybe I get a pay cut, maybe I won't be able to provide. The Lord is going to provide for you and watch as you lead people to Christ. Watch as people get healed. Watch as the Holy Spirit starts to move because that is better than a paycheck to me. And he's going to change your desires and he's going to change your thoughts. But that's a little bit of like calling for me. I know I went way off. No, on you're good. You're good. You're good. But yeah, this yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So what's uh what's been that process then leading you to where you are now? Um, you know, mm. some people here. Do you want to quickly define next gen pastor? You know, because some people, you know, you're the first guy pastor I've met who's their official title is next gen instead of like youth yeah. or something else. So talk about that. But then what led you then to the Shores Church? Um, yeah. and yeah, a little bit of that process and maybe a little bit within your uh, organization or denomination about what it takes to then become a pastor and what that path looks like. Yeah. So um, a next gen pastor literally means that I'm in charge of the spiritual health of anything from a birth, like young, um, zero, all the way to 12th grade. Um, so, you know, I lead kids ministry on Sunday morning and then youth ministry on Thursday night. And I'm in charge of planning events and all that, uh, all that fun stuff. Um, but it's just a fancy word of taking care of your kids. You know, making sure that truth is being preached and they're reading the word and they know God's word. Um, but leading into how I got here at the shores is actually a really good story. Um, and it's something that I know only God could orchestrate um, and something that I couldn't orchestrate myself. But like I said, my lead pastor is the one who prayed over me at camp for me to feel the calling of full time ministry. Um so I was an intern, like I said, at the church that I got saved at Rock Church next to Anchor Bay High School. Um, I was on the leadership team, and then they asked me to be an intern um, to kind of get my credentials through in its Assemblies of God Church, which is just Pentecostal. Um, and they said, hey, get your, get your credentials and serve here and be an intern here. There's no um, promise of you getting a job, but we're very confident we want you on my team. So here I am doing this year-long internship. And um, I go on a mission trip to Dominican Republic. And if you've never been on a mission trip, you need to go because there is something spiritual and something supernatural that happens when you give a week or 10 days to God just to serve him. And there's no earthly distractions, right? We didn't have McDonald's. There wasn't like Starbucks or like we were literally up in the mountains where their houses were made of like sticks in tin. Like this is the environment we were in. So I'm sitting there 
and in a field where we had set up and it's a it's a medical mission trip so we did like um we gave them like medicine there was dental there was like um vision for like glasses and stuff like that and i'm sitting there in this field and this little kid comes up to me and he wants to play ball with me and we've been we played for hours hmm. like it didn't feel like hours but we played for hours in this pure joy of this kid who's just playing ball we're just tossing this gross like ratty ball back and forth and he had the best time and the lord was like okay like you need to start seeking how you are going to um help this next generation what does that look like in your life and i was like okay lord like i think that if there's a there's a position out there for me where it's a heavy kids ministry um position i'm gonna do it so we go home and we land back in the states and it wasn't even um Michigan yet we had like a connecting flight in Miami so we land in Miami and I get a text from which is now my lead pastor and he goes hey will you give me a call when you get back home in Michigan um and back at the time my lead pastor was in charge of a missions giving for the AG called speed the light for our students so I thought maybe he's asking about speed the lights are we in speed the light are we in trouble did we not give enough this year or whatever and so then we finally get back in Michigan I hop on a call with them and he goes hey I've been praying about it and we're, I just started as a lead pastor at this church in St. Clair Shores, and I'm looking for a kid's pastor. Will you come and interview? I was like, okay. I was like, the Lord was just telling me that this is what I want to do. Like, I'll come and interview. I'll come in. I'll come in, uh, just see what the church is like. Um, every year, the Lord gives me a different, um, a different verse to, to think about and to read and to um, just study for the year. And it was Psalm, or no, it was uh, Philippians chapter one, verse six, where it says that I'm confident in this, that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ, ESV version. Um, but I'm, I'm reading this and I walk into the church and he leads me into the kids ministry. And this is the verse that they're learning. I was like, this is a verse that God is God is instilling in their heart, their memory verse for just that day, not even the month, not even the year, but just that day. And I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. So then I walk into um, walk into the worship center where they're having their main service and the worship team is going. And there's a song called The Great I Am. The last time that I heard, and it's an older song, the last time that I heard that song was the last time that I stepped foot in that church because the AG does something called fine arts where you can, it's like a talent show, like a glorified big talent show. And um, I was on the worship team and I was playing the bass guitar. And our last song that we played was the great I am on that stage. Mm. And that was the last time that I stepped foot in that church in 2013. Fast forward to 2018, I walk in and this is the song that they're playing. And I was like, our Lord, Lord, I hear you. I hear you, Jesus. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it has been an incredible, incredible journey so far. And being a pastor, just so you know, I'm not going to sugar sugarcoat it. It is emotionally taxing. It is, um, it's mentally taxing. It is spiritually taxing. But like I said before, the Lord provides. And there are so many times I got to be honest with you where my flesh was like, hey, I want to quit. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I can go get a nine to five secular job and make way more money than I'm doing right now. But the Lord will always show me how faithful he is no matter what and provides for me financially too. Like, there are times when I'm like, shoot, how am I going to pay this bill? And the Lord just goes, here's the speaking engagement. Here's this little thing for you. And it's been so good, man. It's been so good. I know that's a long answer to, no, it's good. Yeah. to the question that you asked, but. No, awesome. 
Yeah, so just that, you know, uh, you know, we're in this kind of the same age bracket, so we're on, you know, the kind of the younger, slowly getting the middle, you know, middle spectrum of of time in uh, in ministry, yeah. hopefully bringing down the, the median age of, of uh, yeah. pastorate. But uh, just even through your time, obviously, you know, the buzzword of COVID's, you know, been a reality. But, you know, just in your last couple of years of, you know, kind of focusing on youth and kids, kind of what's been one of like the high points and maybe one of the low points um, kind of those two dynamics. What what have two of those maybe times or moments or experiences or situations been the last couple of years for you? Yeah. The highest point for me in this job is, you know, God is giving me a lot of opportunities to speak outside of the church at different churches and at different retreats and things like that. And like I said, there's fine arts and it actually was just two weeks ago. Um, we did fine arts and I went there. We had one student, uh, go and perform, but there was this beautiful moment where every church I've ever spoke at, like the students just run up to me and want to talk to me and want me to come to their performances and want to know about my life. Like that is the most rewarding um, thing about this job is you get to connect with these students when in otherwise they would have no connection. Mm. You know, you get to talk about the Holy Spirit with these students. You get to talk about God's grace with these students. And there's a lot of lies being spewed out in this world that these students are ingesting. Um, I heard it once before that Gen Z is the um, journaling generation. They will seek out what they think truth is. Mm. They'll seek out what, and they'll research and whether it's not, it's a, it's a good resource for them to research, but at least they'll take the time to look. Hmm. And I think that media, especially social media, is just saturated with lies straight from the devil's mouth. And they're latching onto these ideas of what they think truth is. And church is becoming this thing where it is not important. Hmm. And how are we going to make it important? You know, I asked my leaders every single Thursday, if we're going to claim this is the best night of the week, we need to give them something that the world isn't going to give them. And obviously you've probably seen youth ministry done where they're like gift cards, pizza. You're like, we're going to go to Cedar point. We're going to give away AirPods. Like you get all these things. And here's the scoop, like what you reach them with is how you're going to have to keep them, you know? So if you're reaching them with AirPods every single week, guess how, what they're going to come expecting. If you're going to reach them with pizza every single week, guess why they're going to come. But if you're reaching them with truth and you're mm. reaching them with steadfast love, right, that's what's going to keep them. And that's been the greatest part. That's been the greatest joy of this job is like I get to do that. Like, and it's crazy that people don't know that this is a life that you can live too. you know. Mm. I think the lowest part, though, of this job has to be. You know, a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes of a pastor. People don't see that we know a lot about your junk. We know a lot about what you're going through. And sometimes it's private and we have to keep it private, you know, which is okay and confidential. But we carry that home with us. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Like if you work at McDonald's and you clock out, you don't think about McDonald's. You're thinking about your life. But when we leave and we pack up and we go home for the day, mm. like we carry that with us because it's people that we care about. Mm. It's spiritual issues that we know we have to pray about. And it's just 
sometimes it's just lack of truth where you need to think of different ways that you can speak to different people and you have to um, do some confrontation that you don't want to do confrontation on, right? Confrontation isn't easy, but it's needed, right? Mm. Um, I've been on this journey where it's always worth the one conversation, right? It's easy to assume and it's easy to get hyped up about something somebody said, but if you're not going to be willing to have that conversation mm -hmm. with somebody, you lose truth and you lose the human dynamic just like this, you and me talking like this. You lose that when you start to get in your brain and you say, I'm done and you throw in the towel, but it's worth the one conversation. But I think that's probably the hardest part of this job is all of that emotional and spiritual trouble that people are in when you work with people and you carry it home. But you can't outweigh the bad for the good because God is objectively good. And if mm -hmm. God is objectively good and his steadfast love is objectively good, that's what I'm going to lead on, mm. you know? Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and I, you know, I love that there was a, a book I'm reading for a seminary. We read for a seminary class written by Gregory the Great. He was the Pope actually back mm. uh, in like the 1200s or something like that. 1100s yeah, or on. so a long, long time ago. And he talked about how pastoring is the art of arts because we're dealing with the human soul. Um, and you yes. know, so there, you know, there's something to where we, that is carried, you know, it doesn't leave our mind. Um, it's not like an, you know, accounting where you just, yeah, put away the spreadsheet and you're good, you know, because, uh, you know, we're, we're tied to people. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we have that heart where we want to love and, and see Jesus bring freedom. So, uh, no, appreciate you sharing, sharing about that. So there's often a question that, um, you know, I asked pastors talking about, yeah. you know, what do you see as, as challenges for pastors, uh, in, in the coming years, uh, you know, and obviously that's a concern, especially for you and I being younger and, you know, uh, as we're moving mm -hmm. into slowly towards what could be, you know, the prime of our time in ministry. Um, so maybe touch on what you might see as some challenges coming up for, uh, for pastors in, in the pastorate, uh, from your perspective, mm -hmm. of course, uh, but then also maybe kind of touch a little bit more, um, you know, talking a little bit more, especially relating to Gen Z and maybe how those in ministry can relate and minister to Gen Z because it can be hard to bridge those generational gaps. And I know that's probably part of what you're going to talk about anyways, but, yeah. you know, talk yeah. about a little bit about those things that Gen Z is looking for, um, you yes. know, again, to bring that truth and love, but not, not compromise and, you know, over, over stuff. Definitely. Um, I would say a big issue that I could see in the near future in the, in the next couple of years for pastors or people looking to be a pastor is, are you married to your church and your job or are you tied to Christ himself? And I see it time and time again, where I watch my friends burn out and they leave because the church hurt them or they aren't in their role anymore. And I'm like, okay, were you called to be a pastor? Or were you called to work at a church? And not to be, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I know it's coming for us, America, right? I know that, um, I know that conviction is coming. And I know that, um, you know, the world is coming after the church. So, and I'm praying it doesn't happen in my lifetime, but I mean, we know what revelation brings where the church might have to be underground. And I'm praying we don't see it in our lifetime, but when we're, when the church has to be a little bit more secretive, right? To be safe. Are you a Lutheran? Are you a Baptist? Are you um, Pentecostal? Are you non-denom? Or do you, are you somebody who just believes in truth and loves the Lord? You know, your title doesn't matter. 
your worship title doesn't matter. Your, your next gen pastor title doesn't matter. Right. So you need to figure it out right now. If you are a pastor right now, or you're thinking about being a pastor, who are you serving? Are you serving the organization that you are being paid by? Or are you serving from the almighty, all knowing, all loving God? Mm. I think that's just something as pastors, we have to answer every day. You know, um, I would say the best way to reach Gen Z and next gen and generations to come, but specifically next or uh, Gen Z is these kids know when you're faking it. They know when you're faking it. I, I grew up in the 90s and I'm a 90s kid and I love television and I love TV and I love movies. And to me, it's like if you have this awesome production, that's how you got my attention. Or if you knew how to make a good movie or you had good music, like I was like, wow, this is how you're going to get my attention. And Gen Z isn't looking for that. Gen Z is looking for my country's in trouble. My family's in trouble. My morals are in trouble. So someone just tell me the truth, mm. right? And especially the political climate right now, like they have no idea who to trust. They have no idea what's truth and what's not truth, um, especially all of the discrepancies of COVID-19, especially the battle between Trump and Biden. They're like, who do I trust? Where do I get my sources from, right? And it can't come from the Republican Party. It can't come from the Democratic Party. It can't from can't come from conservatives or liberal. It has to come from God. Has to. So as you in if there are some people who are listening to this who are on the verge of becoming a next gen pastor, serving in kids ministry, youth ministry, or even just figure trying to figure it out, all you have to do is meet them where they're at and never lie to them. Never lie to them. I've I thought of like all of these grand messages. I put together these incredible worship teams with lights and the newest songs, but I've found out that they respond they respond better in small groups than they do when I preach to them and give them these these cool like message titles and these cool themes, right? But they respond better when it's a face-to-face -face conversation and all you're doing is talking about truth. That's the best way that we as a nation, we as a church can reach Gen Z. Mm. Mm. No, that's beautiful. I think being in such a connected but disconnected, uh, you know, world, you know, the hurt that is behind every screen, <laughs> uh, you know, right. in, in social media, they're, they're looking for, for that connection, that relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and the yeah. church always lags behind in, in adjusting, you know, to what the generation yeah. is looking for. Um, you know, but, but the gospel is always fresh, um, mm. and, and ready and available, but how are we conveying that? Um, and you're right, you know, they, they can tell when they've been baited and switched, you know, right. having a conversation, then you slip Jesus in there. Um, you know, uh, you know, so for us to be just upfront and honest, uh, and, right. and take, the, take them seriously too. I, you know, I think, mm. you know, the, like when you kind of come in with that, Hey, fellow kids attitude, you know, I'm just, right. you know, you know, right. rocking yeah. with you, you know, this is, yeah. I don't even know what the kids say, but you know, they tell <laughs> your, tell your fake it at, um, right. uh, yeah, but take them seriously and just, That's you right. know, yeah, you, just sharing that truth. Yeah, no, I appreciate right. that. Love that. Yeah.
Yeah. yeah well, there's a, there's a Spurgeon quote that I love. He talks mm. about living in the Bible, but reading many good books. And so, you know, thankfully through the power of the Holy Spirit and God's word, we're changed and transformed. But what have been oh, one or some of those good books that you've just enjoyed and appreciated mm. and have been impactful for you? Yeah. One of them is more of an apologetics book, but it's called, it's called God's Crime Scene by J. Warner Wallace. Um, J. Warner Wallace was a homicide detective who was an atheist and just kind of like um, Lee Strobel, right, who was who got saved by using his detective skills. But, um, you know, J. Warner Wallace used his skills to prove that God didn't exist and to show that if if Earth was a crime scene, there has to be evidence that there was someone here before us. Mm. And through that detective skills, he's like, man. Like it has to be God and it can only be God. So God's crime scene by J. Warner Wallace. Um, this one's a little bit more taboo in the Christian community because there's a, a weird war between whether you think the earth is a new earth or an old earth. I have no stake in the game, but I love this book because it disproves evolution through and through for both new, um, for new earths and old earths. It's called Dar Darwin's doubt by, um, Man, what is his name? Now I forgot it. I was talking and then I just forgot his name. His name is, oh, Stephen C. Meyer. Mm -hmm. So Stephen C. Meyer, he wrote a book called Darwin's Doubt. Check it out because if you're ever in a conversation with somebody or you need to, for yourself, believe that evolution didn't create us, right? This is the book for you. So there's um, God's Crime Scene by J. Warner Wallace and then Darwin's Doubt by Stephen C. Meyer. Awesome. Well, appreciate the recommendations. Always love when there's kind of an apologetics focus. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly uh, appreciate uh, appreciate those. Well, Parker, I want to thank you so much for taking yeah, the time of, of uh, joining me today and just sharing your heart and passion for uh, the next gen uh, and yeah. also just your passion for the pastoral ministry. Come on, man. Thanks for having me on. God bless you, bro. And I want to thank the sponsor for the show. It's Blue Water Free Methodist Church. We're an intentional community reflecting Jesus to our world. And of course, I want to thank you, the listener, for joining us on another episode. You can find this podcast wherever you can find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, you name it, we can be found there. Please subscribe, get notifications. Please leave a review. That helps us get found by other people who are looking to hear about the pastor's call. Uh, share it with your friends and family and share it with your pastor. And we'll see you next episode of the Pastor's Call podcast. God bless.